Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I also think people are making... I think so it's you, just about the center to me. I also think if you read Zach Kleiman's words last Friday carefully, I don't think he's talking about bringing in just one player to this team. The, there were plur- How many there more was, do you need if, if, if I, eight to I nine think, guys I think, can win a I think if it's in. I think it's in his head to remake the back, the back end of the roster even more so than people are thinking. I don't think he's so just bringing – think You're yes, saying 11 through 15 because like, we pretty much got like, I think they're bringing in two big guys. Like I think they're well, going to bring in the guy who they want. want as a starter, and I think they're going to bring in someone else for well, the end of the bench. Yeah, that makes like, sense depth-wise. And like you that, have somebody like, I, 11 I think through that, 15. I think it's their goal. Like I mean, it's very clear to me. Like They're going to try to move off of Zaire and Jake LaRavia. You're going to have the two roster the spots – that maybe Yuta comes back because he exercises the player option and he's your fifteenth man. Exactly. Um, but other, but your Lamar Stevens. I, like I loved it after the like, game he played the other night. People were like, oh man, that mid range game that could be helpful. It's like no, 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 no. That guy's getting the benefit of two months to openly audition for other teams if he wants to extend his NBA career. But he's not going to be back in Memphis. There's just I can't imagine yeah. that. But I think if they can move like. That's why I also would trade the number one pick because, or whatever it ends up being, pick, yes. first round pick, because like maybe you can attach Zaire, Jake Laravia to that trade because that's such a good asset. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think they're going to have to make that is the prudent way. They're going to have to make a big decision on Luke Kennard because I think if you don't, if you pick up that team option on Luke Kennard, the financials get very complicated adding that center especially if you can't move off of the, some other contracts. The problem is you'd be moving him off one of what is right now one of the worst three-point shooting teams yes. in terms of percentage in the league. You'd be, no, you're, that's, you'd why, that's why that I think this concept of they're just adding, right about they just Kennard, need to add a center. Like I, they're right, You're right. They just need to add a center, but I think with all the other things in play, Kennard one there's going to be a, multiple moves here that are all interconnected. And when push comes to shove... I think the top eight, nine of this roster, yes, the top four is set in place, but I think four through eight, one, where they're situated, like how high up on the pecking order is Vince Williams? Is he like essentially you're, you know, down in crunch time? Are you, you know, playing him in crunch time, even if he's not technically a star? I don't know. Um, you know, same with Gigi. Like, where is he in that pecking order? I think you're probably right. He's more like 10, nine, 10, 11. 10, 11. You know, and if he shows to be consistent, he can work he can his way into it. Earn it. Um, you know, like where does Santi fit into all of this? That Santi is doing ex- like ultimately, if you want, if you are in on Santi, 
you need to sign him to an extension this offseason. Right. If you're skeptical on Santi, well, then you need to consider trading trading him, to be quite honest. Like, and he hasn't, he's had a kind of up and down year this year. Like, yeah, that's, you wanted more this year from that's, him. you know, I, so and, you could feel better about locking in with him. Yeah. And I don't, like, I don't know if I'd I, give him a big extension right I now. I seen now, maybe you just give, ride it out and right. see if, the, you know, and you risk it, if you will, kind of like you did with Tillman, um, ultimately. Yep. But, and then, like, you know, what version of Brandon Clark are we getting back? You know, is he the same or close to the same? I, I hope so, but right. you don't know. I mean, he's young enough. It's not like Clay Thompson, where he's like an older guy. And I, Clay had also the knee stuff, too. Right. Like, he's a younger ish guy. So you hope, but his game was predicated on athleticism. And so, like, what, I, you know, like, that's really important to me, too. Like, because ultimately, if, if, you, if Brandon Clark is not effective, well, then you need another bit. Oh, you got major work to do. If he's um, so, I think if you read through Zach Kleiman's comments the other day carefully, like yes, they need to go get a starting center, but I think they're in the market for other stuff too. And based on the reporting we're seeing nationally, like this could, like yes, this wasn't a super active trade deadline, but a lot of people think it's because this is going to be a very active off season um, in terms of player movement. And so, how can the Grizzlies take advantage of that? He is Mark Giannato. Read him at commercialappeal.com. Follow on X at M Giannato. Appreciate you, Mark. Enjoy you. your Valentine's Day. Yeah, appreciate it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The father of three now, Mark Giannato. Busy guy. Uh, no question about it. Listen, we've got much more to discuss, and we will do in the rundown. We'll talk more Grizzlies, more Tigers. Maybe talk a little bit more, too, about that, uh, that point guard prospect I was just telling Mark about off-air I'm Braylon Williams. We'll do all that when we get back to listen to Jason John, 929 FM ESPN. It's the Rundown with the biggest stories of the day from Jason and John on 92.9 FM ESPN. First story. Houston Rockets in town. Dylan Brooks in town. Grizzlies on the other end looking to end a nine-game losing streak tonight versus Dylan Brooks and those Rockets. Rockets come in here 24-29 have fallen out. Falling down a little bit here over these last six weeks or so uh, from what was a pretty good start. No question about it, but a start I think we all thought was sort of suspect, thought they would come back down to earth, and they have. Uh, they did end a four-game losing streak uh, with a very controversial win over the Knicks on Tuesday that, frankly, the uh, officiating crew, uh, they said afterwards they messed up. They blew it. But it doesn't – I don't know. if I've, I've read a couple of things, not super interested, but I've read a couple of things that say the idea that this – a protest is going to be upheld, and they're going to redo the, it's It's been a long time since we've done the – most of these don't go through, so the idea they're going to go back out there I just seems kind of far-fetched. All that said, Rockets uh, get the win. Coming to here, looking to make it, as we've mentioned, 4-0 versus the Grizzlies this season. Dylan Brooks has gotten the better of the Grizzlies. We mentioned it in the uh, over-under start, averaging about 16 points against them, 16-17. But uh, remember, the last one was here at FedEx Forum, had 26 and hit the dagger 3 to end it. Uh, Dylan Brooks of this matchup tonight said, I want to end it 4-0 and do it the right way. I was just saying, I don't hate this guy anymore. Yep. I don't there, I don't have any uh, ill feelings toward him anymore because I'm at a point now where it feels like it's run its course. I'm happy for Dylan. He got the four-year, $86 million deal from Houston. And Memphis, on the other end, figured out it needed to move on from Dylan Brooks. That was important. We said that going into the last year. You have to find out about – that was one of the – I mean, right there at the top of key questions for the Grizzlies last year was, 
you have to find out about Dylan Brooks, because whether or not he's yeah. going to fit in this and whether you're giving him a contract extension. You found out the answer to that. So that got answered, but also when you add in what the Grizzlies have potentially found with Vince Williams Jr., uh, with Gigi Jackson, it softens it up a little bit. And those guys right now aren't necessarily even – especially Vince, not even necessarily pegged in as a starter next year behind Marcus Smart. We'll see. It's helped soften the blow or any sort of ill will I felt towards Dylan in terms of, you know, kind of, you know, making it clear at the end of last season that he wanted out of here. All of that said, uh, Grizzlies have had no success against these guys this season. We looked at the uh, the injury report. Dylan's good to go. Uh, I, I, that Van Fleet still... Looks like it's up or down. At one point, he yeah. was out. I've seen I've seen different things on him. Uh, but tonight for the Grizzlies, Derrick Rose, Zaire Williams. Last I looked, both questionable. Zaire's been out with that left hand contusion. You know this. It's not for here. It doesn't feel like we're just talking about the the future roster with Mark. And I don't think either one of us have got a envision Zaire Williams being a part of it. But it does feel like a a, a critical time for him to get on the floor while there's open availability and time, right, to show the next team what you got. So, you know, Zaire's been out with that left-hand contusion. He's questionable tonight. And then, of course, you've got uh, the regulars out, Bain, Clark, all those. But Scotty Pippen Jr. also out with low back soreness tonight uh, to go with your usual suspects. Guys have been out for a while. Jake LaRavia still two left ankles. He needs to be playing for his next team, quite frankly. Him and Zaire both. It feels like hopefully the Grizzlies are going to be able to move off of both of those guys. Uh, we mentioned it. Rockins looking for the season sweep. Um, there ain't much more else to say about the game. Uh, what you can say is the Grizzlies right now, and Harrington may be right, that 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 divide between you and Portland has stretched to two and a half games at this point. Uh, Portland at 15 and 38, you at 18 and 36. And while we know there's a lot more losing in the Grizzlies' future, Portland's just as good at it. You know, they've lost five in a row, and right now, like we said yesterday, they're doing a pretty good job of holding, keeping you at bay. So, you know, we know you're not catching the top four. Whether or not you catch Portland for fifth-worst record, still up for uh, up for debate. Again, I mean, there's, you know, the way Vince Williams Jr. is playing, the fact that Darren Jackson Jr. has been out there every night for you, this team has been in games against better competition in the fourth quarter. So you could sort of see more wins here and there coming and certainly more than Portland but either way whether it's the fifth worst fifth best chances in the draft lottery or the sixth best um, I think we know that that's going to be and Zach Kleiman has said this a very valuable offseason asset in terms of what you're going to do do you use it to go get the center in terms of veteran guy do you do something else in terms of using it to get the rookie guy they've got the options but yeah that's why a again a loss tonight doesn't hurt you although from a pride standpoint, I certainly don't want to lose four straight to uh, to Dylan Brooks. Back to that, I, just because I found the stat. Houston is protesting, uh, excuse me, the Knicks are protesting that loss on Tuesday night. It was a 105-103 uh, win versus the Knicks. It was in Houston on Tuesday night, and the refs acknowledged that the foul call on Knicks guard Jalen Brunson was against Aaron Holiday, and the final second was incorrectly called. Holiday made two free throws with less than a second left on the clock, intentionally missed the third, allowed him to run it out. Knicks were hot uh, because it was pretty clear that there shouldn't have been a foul call. Uh, the officials admitted afterwards, so this game's under protest. But I found the, I found the stat. When I said that, very unlikely that they'll get this. Only six protests in leak history have been upheld. So I think the Rockets can feel good about keeping this one. The NBA has not often upheld protest in its history. Only six times. The last time came December 19, 2007. When maybe you know, some of you listeners may remember this, I don't. When Miami uh, Heat center Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal was incorrectly ruled to have six fouls when he only had five. The game was resumed March 8, 2008. 
but neither team scored in the 51.9 seconds that were replayed from overtime. The Hawks ended up winning the game, but here's the kicker. Before the game was resumed, O'Neal had been traded already to the Phoenix Suns. So there wasn't even a, you know, they couldn't even do the, uh, you know, have the full rosters of the teams from the protest involved at that point. So that was the last one. Uh, more to the point, that was back in 07. So I don't think the Knicks are going to get their way here with the protest and that Rockets win will hold up. It's one of the things Dylan Brooks has talked about, trying to put together a couple of wins here before the All-Star break. Obviously, that would include the Grizzlies so they can sort of uh, reset what has been a tough last six weeks for them. But Grizzlies, Rockets, down at FedEx Forum tonight. Uh, last I looked, Houston, a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Dylan Brooks going to be looking to go to 4-0. Next story. All right, you saw Penny Hardaway last night, or maybe you saw the pictures. He was in Orlando for Shaquille O'Neal's jersey retirement uh, down in Orlando with the Magic. I think I heard it's his third team. That makes sense, a jersey retirement for Shaquille O'Neal. Lakers in Miami, uh, obviously, as well. And Penny and Shaq, we know, uh, in those early 1990s, teamed up together. Uh, Shaq was already there. He uh, he gets the franchise, convinces the franchise that they need, they need to take Penny Hardaway. If you're from Memphis, you know the story of how Shaq fell in love with him during the filming of Blue Chips, which they both starred in, and told Orlando, you got to go get this guy. They sort of they retold that story yesterday. But I thought, you know, we know this relationship got strained at one point. Uh, is the the ESPN documentary? Is it one one magic moment? I think that that's what it was. It was a long one, but between it was about the Orlando team. What could have been essentially pity? I think it was one magic moment. I can't look it up this this moment. Let me look, I'm googling it here. But, uh, but, but that's but, it. Bad son. If you know. didn't if yeah. you didn't know the history beforehand mm-hmm. between it was a short history because what was it? Just three seasons. If you didn't know, some of you all that saw that documentary the documentary. Uh, the thirty for thirty would have been informed on it, but yeah, this got, magic moment, this magic two thousand sixteen, this magic yeah, moment, it was a yeah. thirty for thirty. You're it right. was a fantastic thirty for thirty. At the end of it, I think Penny and Shaq are sitting together by the pool. My point is, the hatchet had been buried. It feels like for for a while, like it feels like sort of you know the feelings and everything else. But while it was happening, it was really it felt like you know who was going to be the guy. Was Shaq going to be the Superman or was Penny Hardaway? What was once a you know a a, a partnership that was welcomed and actually took some convincing on the part of Shaq with Orlando to do, you know, sort of went its separate ways because as those guys grew into all NBA stars, it was man who, who who's going to be the face? You know who who's who's Batman and who's Robin? And eventually, right. you know, Shaq got traded to the Lakers and everything else, and it doesn't work out. And you felt like those feelings there were you know it was it was more than what could have been. Uh, again, at one point, Shaq in the commercial, I'll never forget it, was pushing Lil Penny, a, a, a little a version of Lil Penny off of the couch in his Reebok commercial. It was Nike versus Reebok. It was Penny versus Shaq. Last night, Penny had his coat lined with pictures of the two of them together. That's great. And when you watch the highlights of them, man, and how good they were together, and, and Penny had brought that swag, that Memphis flair and swagger um, you know, just a, a game that the nation hadn't seen from a guy his size. Uh, it was Magic Johnson, but with, with a bunch of athleticism and a way that you hadn't seen it. And, and we just we fell in love with the pairing. Obviously, they make a finals. They make a, a Eastern Conference finals uh, come up short. But it, it, you will always ha- be able to ask the question, you know, how many titles would they would have won? Because I truly believe they were, they were headed for that. They were already there and knocking on the door. Much like these Boston Celtics have been doing for a while, they're, you know, in Penny's, what, second, third season. And so it would have gone, you know, you figure with that trajectory, it would have gone, you know, led itself to titles. But last night, Shaq, um, he told uh, told Penny that he owed him because Penny helped basically uh, 
frankly, it's as simple as having to pass the ball to him. But I thought the uh, the the quote from Penny, yo, big fella, this is Penny, man. Just want to say that this was the video quote, but the two of them were together last night. Just want to say from you to me, brother, I love you. I thank you for everything that you did for me. Without you, I wouldn't have been in Orlando originally to be able to play with you, man, and have my game go to another level with first-team All-NBAs. Because of you going to the finals of my early career, putting me on the map in the NBA, all those things, man, how much better you made me. I'm forever indebted and grateful to you, and congratulations on your jersey and retirement. Only way to do it, man. Congrats. Shaq said that, uh, you know, a similar things. Mm-hmm. Thank you, brother, all that. He said, I, I know, I've, I know I all, I'm always celebrated a lot, but I've never been selfish. And a lot of my success comes from you because you took care of me. You made me look good, so I never, I never got to tell you this, but I always wanted to tell you thank you. It's funny that he hadn't told him thank you before when I'm sitting up here and saying that seems like they'd made up mm-hmm. years ago when they, when they did that documentary together. It is interesting that they haven't, you know, that he – Surely, in some form or fashion, you've said thank you in a way, but maybe not, maybe not formally and in that way. So uh, nice to see that happen. You know, you know whether it was this pairing between the two of them that at one point sort of there, there's a rift between the two, or like the Fab Five with what happened with Chris Webber, and for a while there was not talking to the rest of the guys, wouldn't talk to, uh, 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 wouldn't talk to Jawan. I don't know if he had the fallout with Jawan, but I know he had the fallout with Rose. With Jalen, the fallout was there. And remember, they had to go testify and all this stuff about the booster and everything back then. And there was a fallout there about, you know, I think about talking, quite frankly. And so, anyway, that what what was once a, you know, formidable unit gets broken up. Guys that were best friends aren't. This along those same lines, it's good to see the two of them back together and acknowledging, you know, we needed each other in that time. We both helped build each other's careers. Yes, very early on. And, yeah, we probably would have still both had success without each other, but we built it in a way where we both become signature shoe athletes, everything else from a very early point. So good to see that moment. Penny Hardaway, I suppose, will be jumping on a plane and heading down to Denton, Texas, because his Tigers have got North Texas. We've talked about that. But, yeah, nice moment last night from Orlando between those two. Those, like, like we said, before Grizzlies come here to Memphis, Orlando in many ways became Memphis's NBA team once Penny got there. And, man, those first few years were fun. To me – I mean, most of my friends were pulling for the Magic, pulling for Penny. I was pulling for the Bulls, and what yeah, they were was, was a threat. They were too they they were they were too much of a threat too early, and it was scary watching how fast those two gelled and how dominant they were. But uh, we'll never forget those years, even for a short time. It's part of it's part of the what if with Penny Hardaway's career. If not for injuries, if not for the uh, the separation from Shaq, you know what sort of could have been with him and Shaq in Orlando. They would have won at least multiple titles. I think the at quote two. that I thought was interesting that Shaq said was, um, "We were we were Kobe and Shaq before Kobe and Shaq, Penny and I." And I thought that was a really interesting thing uh, for him to be that thoughtful because there aren't a lot of people that would go back. And revisit that. What's weird about Shaq is he had the fallout with Kobe, too. Yep. It's like you have a fallout with Penny. You had a fallout with Kobe. I don't think there was ever a real fallout with 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 uh, with down in Miami with no. Dwayne. I don't think there? so. But there was, it, I mean, at a time, 
you know, uh, uh, mm-hmm. remember the Shaq and the rap lyric I can sit up here and think of? I'm not going to say it, but at a time, they were at each other's Yeah. Throat. So it's interesting in terms of Shaq's career mm-hmm. how he's broken up with some of these guards after winning big with them. For a while there, <laughs> you hate the guy, yeah. and then eventually both of you guys mature, you grow out of it, you come back together because that had happened with Kobe and Shaq. Yep. There in those latter years, there had been a recognition of, dude, we got to put this down, right, come back together, and it feels the same. So Greater so, good. What? what what is that about Shaq? What was that about Shaq that was, I mean, it might be as simple as, doesn't he have a Superman tattoo on yeah, his arm? It might have been as simple as he had to be the guy in terms of the mm-hmm. billing and everything else. He didn't want that, and, you know, and what Kobe proved was he didn't need Shaq. He comes back later, you know, in a reiteration of the Lakers with Powell, Powell Gasol. And, 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 and becomes 1A. Yep. But Shaq always sort of had that, that MO, man, where, you know, yeah, you're the guard. Feed me. You're helping me in my career, but I got to be the A guy. I yes. got to be the number one guy. Uh, at least he's learned through maturity and, and growing. Look, these 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 issues were, yeah, you know, we were young men. I wanted, you know, mostly ego driven yeah. issues. Yeah. We got to be better. This seemed to bury the hatchet. I know with Kobe before Kobe passed, and he's certainly done so now. Um, but I think before yesterday's moment with Penny Hardaway. So good moment last night in Orlando. Penny got business. Uh, next up for him is coaching the Tigers against North Texas. Next story. All right, apparently Golden State called the Lakers about trading for LeBron this, this James. Is wild. As crazy as this sounds, uh, according to Woj and Ramona Shelburne, I'll read from their stories, the Warriors were eager to present a package deal. I'm so curious what the deal was. Kept reading through the story, trying to find to L.A., but neither right. the Lakers nor James were willing to explore a potential blockbuster. Even at 39 years old, James is still playing all-NBA level. We know that. Uh, but that And that stirred the Warriors' imagination about – his ability to extend the window uh, of the franchise's fading destiny. Wow, that's that's really well written by Woj and Ramona Shelburne. Um, they also make the point that the the Golden State Warriors weren't the only team that called the Lakers about LeBron. Once LeBron had put out that really quizzical tweet, uh, it was a an hourglass, basically. Essentially, you know, what are you saying? You saying time's running out? Is mm-hmm. it is that on the Lakers? Is it on your time with the Lakers? Many of these teams looking for information, or at least two of them, contacted the Lakers and Genie Bus, trying to see what was up. Does LeBron want out? Can we get a trade going? One of them, as well, was the 76ers. And Daryl Morey apparently tried to tried to reach out. They hung up on him apparently, but <laughs> Genie Bus, the owner of the Lakers, directed the Golden State Warriors to talk to Rich Paul to talk to LeBron's people because I think, and Harrington made this point, I think he's absolutely right. I, I think she wondered because of LeBron's tweet, because of the way things are going right now for the Lakers not so well, she wondered what his commitment level was. So she said, go to the source and let's find out. Rich Paul and LeBron say, obviously, no, we're, we're committed to the uh, Lakers don't want to be traded. So it never really got off the ground in terms of the Lakers. It sounds like listening to an actual package from Golden State, but wow, is that not fascinating from the Golden State side that they were looking to pull off some deal that I'm I'm sure would have paired Steph and LeBron. You're not moving off from Steph. Now, what they would have had to give up, Clay at the end of his rope here, you know, they're not even playing him anymore. You know, can you keep Draymond, Steph, and LeBron if you were willing to make that deal? And obviously they had the package ready to go if L.A. was. I just wonder what would have been left from that, Golden State team that is as currently constructed for LeBron to join uh, in terms of if, if you're if you're Golden State because the, you have to imagine the Lakers would have asked for the world. Don't you think it's Draymond Green? It's Draymond Green. Well, they're both. No, Draymond is the one that initiated uh, from the story. I know Draymond is the one that 
helped he initiate wants to make this happen. the reaching out of Golden State to so LeBron. So who would it be? You know, they have the same agent. So Dre Bond's plan was to So he's to part play. of it. So who, my, who would my, it be? Again, I, you, my point is you wouldn't have much left. The Lakers are going to want Kaminga. They're going to want anything that's decent, that's young, and they're going to want draft picks. But would you I, give up Kaminga? No, what I mean, we. No, no I'm, I'm not brainstorming for, it. Not, not, I would, yes, for, I LeBron, would for LeBron James. Yeah, I but probably why would, too. would the, with the Lakers, what else is in that hall? Because it's got to be a hall. It's yeah. got to be more than Kaminga. That ain't enough for LeBron James. And so they're, you know, right. you know, they never got to the point, but it sounds like they might have been willing. Again, when Jeannie opens the door and says, well, go call LeBron, right. go call Clutch, go call, go call his agent, you know. I don't think it's just to see, okay, what's his commitment level. She's probably curious, okay, what could the package be? But I just yeah. cannot imagine that that package is not so huge that there's enough left. Draymond, Steph, and LeBron doesn't win it alone. You still have to have something else out there. At this, Yes, LeBron playing at a super high level, it's unbelievable, but that doesn't do it alone. If you've got that in a skeleton and a bunch of role guys, it's not enough. So they would have had to go – I'm just curious. Golden State would have had to keep enough – just, I just wonder, again, what they sort of envisioned from a plan in terms of that roster one through eight looking like if you're bringing LeBron James in. It would have taken, taken a ton, you figure, because, again, the Lakers could ask for yeah. a King's ransom, ransom. So fascinating in the end. Like we told you, apparently Daryl Morey made a call, too. He was quickly turned down. It was all because of that cryptic social media tweet. Um, in fact, it says, according to the, the reporting of, of Woj and Ramona Shelbourne, Palenka responded, the uh, the Lakers GM, by asking Maury if Joel Embiid was available, sources said. And that ended the brief conversation between the 76ers and the Lakers about trading for LeBron James. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it's a big headline today on ESPN. It doesn't sound like it really got off the ground, but you did have owners talking, you know, owner to owner talking about a possible LeBron James trade. And so, and that rarely uh, happens. That's what that's that's why Woj and uh, Ramon are pointing out this is so significant. It at least gotten to the point where the owners were talking about it, but no trade package was offered. Well, we can go crazy thinking on what ifs in terms that's of where I'm at. Yeah. and what else is there, but never got close to happening. And uh, for the most part, yeah, I think this uh, this thing is dead now. You know, off season, I think LeBron's got the team option, and so mm-hmm. you know these teams will, would Golden State have an off season plan to acquire LeBron James. You know, I think all this could be revisited because, listen, LeBron's trying to max out. It's not just – I think the playing with his son thing, that thing still seems far-fetched to me because now his son is – it's going to be – just the idea of him coming into the league, having you know a team trusting and making him a first-round draft pick with the health issues and everything else, that's going to be hard to do. So my point is the focus, it feels like for LeBron, has to be on championships. And if you're at a point where you don't feel like it's happening anymore with the Lakers, maybe you do make a move this offseason. Maybe you don't pick up that team option or – Perhaps you give yourself more flexibility by signing a short-term deal. You renegotiate your deal with the Lakers, make it where you can get. Yes, you'll, you'll stay for now, but you can get out later. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what LeBron does uh, with that team option. Moving on. Next story. All right, college basketball last night. I watched uh, a great deal of Ole Miss and Kentucky, but we need to talk about it uh, first. National, and then we'll talk about it uh, as it relates to the Tigers. But saw North Carolina. Uh, number seven in the country go down to Syracuse. That was a uh, that was an upset, eighty six seventy nine. I mentioned Kentucky after losing three straight at home uh, ends what could have been. Frankly, they would have been going crazy in Lexington if they had lost that Ole Miss team there. They win seventy five sixty three, and I, you know, that Ole Miss team beat Memphis, and uh, it would yeah. Yeah, yeah, Ole Miss, that was one of the two, Villanova and then Ole Miss, uh, back on December 2nd. 
and they are great, well coached by Chris Beard. You know, what he's done in, in this first season, even for them to be, what, 18 and 6, I think they fell below 500 in the SEC, 5 and 6 or so. But it's been a very impressive job by him. But I, I they get nothing offensively from Musa and the Sharp Kid. And if I just I watched that the whole night and thought, man, if they could get anything offensively from those bigs who can change in terms of defensively what what you what you want to do offensively, they're impactful. They can be they they've been impactful there. But Musa still so raw. Jamarian Sharp I think had two points yesterday, and you know teams just uh, you, you're just not attacking uh, the other team from inside with those two, and it just they they could be a tournament team. They could be dangerous. It felt like if they had more inside, I could be completely off about Ole Miss. But that's when I watched that game last night, and there were points where it got to ten or eight, and you thought, okay, maybe Ole Miss can make this a game, but in the end, they couldn't. Um, you know, Kentucky, Reed Shepard, those guys were too much. But uh, Ole Miss, man, I'm so impressed by what Chris Beard had done. If he just had a a big that can contribute a little bit more inside offensively, it feels like they would be right there for an at-large bird. Them and Memphis right there on the bubble, Ole Miss probably in a little bit better shape, especially considering the fact that they got a win over you. Uh, Also in the SEC, Texas A&M, we mentioned this with Mark, they go down at Vandy, 73-74, Bad loss, no question about it for Texas A&M. Vandy was two; they're two and nine in SEC play. All of that said, Texas A&M that's still a quad one. What matters to Memphians and or at least Memphis Tigers fans, Texas A&M they dropped six spots to forty three. That's still solidly a quad one win because against top seventy five when you win on the road, Memphis won at Texas A&M. So you're fine there. The one that hurt last night, Memphis, is Virginia's loss. Mm-hmm. We mentioned that with uh, with Mark earlier. They were teetering. On being a top 30 team in the net, we had discussed that yesterday, that that home win over Virginia was a good chance. It was about to turn into a quad one with Virginia now ranked. They're number 21 in the country playing so well. They lose at home. That's what hurt. 74-63 to Pittsburgh last night, and that loss dropped them nine spots from 32. Right there on borderline to where it's a quad one for Memphis, they dropped down to 41. So now you need them to climb back up 11 spots, and it can happen in the ACC. But that was, in terms of blows last night to Memphis's resume, Texas A&M would be one of those. That's it's not as bad. That's going to stay a quiet woman, like we said. It's that Virginia loss to Pittsburgh that's really going to hurt you. Uh, again, hoping that Virginia can stay on a on a decent roll, but. Uh, that one was right on the borderline of you getting your fourth quad one win. You've already knocked off Virginia, obviously, and now it's set you back quite a bit. So you still got quad ones, VCU, uh, Clemson, Texas A&M, all quad one wins. But now the idea of adding that Virginia as a fourth right about now, it's, no, not going to happen right now. Uh, but we did mention North Texas, 79. You need them to be top 75 for that game to be quad one right now, that that matchup. Uh, tomorrow for Penny Hardaway and the Tigers, uh, North Texas is sitting at 79. So it'll be a quad two. Memphis right now at number 76 in the net. So that's a sort of college basketball, uh, at least last night in a nutshell, and then for the few games uh, as they pertain to Memphis. We got to take a break. I got to take a breath. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, next hour uh, the 65-0 and Elmore Park, Elmore Park squad that I've been mentioning 
uh, mentioned it to Mark off air, mentioned it to Brad on air. Braylon Williams just finished up his eighth grade year. They got a, that Elmore Park team's got a bunch of stud prospects. They're going to be going all over the city, but that's the question now. Where are these guys going to go? We'll talk some about that. We'll talk more about Harrington's interesting piece over the Daily Memphian that sort of redoes the last two drafts and where Gigi Jackson and Vince Williams would go. Thought that was an interesting piece that we should spend some time on. We'll do all that and have Norton Heard the fourth third hour to talk about Thad's move to Phoenix, Braylon Williams, and much more. You're listening to Jason and John, 929FM. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. ESPN. Shoot 360 is the place you need to go if you've got an aspiring hooper, basketball player in your family. Uh, Maybe it's your son, maybe it's your daughter, Uh, maybe it's your niece or nephew. But if they want to hoop and be good at it, have the skills necessary to move on up in the school world and the AAU world in Memphis, and I'll tell you what, you better have your stuff together if you're going to do that in the great hooping city of Memphis, Tennessee. Get them out to shoot 360. This is where the technology is. This is the future of basketball training. We call our man Thaddeus Young an investor in shoot 360 because he knows he's got his kids on this technology now that they're playing. You can do that too, but you can you don't have to do it at Thaddeus Young prices. You know he's a millionaire, having played in the NBA as long as he does. You can get great membership options for your son or daughter. You'll love them. Uh, they've got a bunch of them available. They're going to fit your budget. Your kid's going to be having a great time getting better with the shot, the ball handling, the passing, all of it. They can do it out at Shoot 360. Future basketball training is happening right now. Out there, go see them at 85 Market Center Drive in Cairo. 125 or so, we will talk to our usual Wednesday third-hour guest, Norton Hurd the fourth, about Team Thad, about Thaddeus's move to the Phoenix Suns, where hopefully he's going to be a contributor to a playoff team finally. Uh, feels like it's been a while. And then, of course, about the uh, the point guard we've mentioned, point guard prospect Braylon Williams, uh, who just finished up his eighth-grade season in Elmore Park, 65-0 and the last two years. They just won a state title back-to-back, their second one over the weekend. We'll talk about him, where he might go in the ninth grade, what the word is out on the street. We'll do that with Norton Hurd in the third hour. Before we do that, though, I'd mentioned this a couple times. We've referenced it a couple times here during the show. Uh, Chris Harrington's got a great piece over at the Daily Memphia, dailymemphia.com where he undertakes the uh, takes on uh, something we've sort of thought about. Where might Vince Williams Jr. and Gigi Jackson go if you redrafted the 2022 and 23 drafts? Uh, now, knowing what we do, 
uh, specifically about Vince. I mean, you're coming off two-way contracts for both of those guys. We'd mentioned it, the 12 guys picked for the Rising Stars Challenge originally. 11 of them are lottery picks. Vince, as the 47th pick, is now playing in that game. And so from that standpoint, listen, we know there's a ton of talent mm-hmm. uh, and guys that have sort of already solidified themselves. Bancaro is one of those guys that Brad had mentioned. But it, rather than go through all the names and the numbers, because I'd, I'd make your ears bleed with that, me reading you, you know, uh, all these percentages and everything else. I'll tell you how he boiled it down and what it means um, for the most part. Yeah, because, again, you need to go read the piece for yourself. He boils it down to where Vince Williams Jr., he's got now best guess redraft range. I love the way he phrases it. His best guess, an 11 to 18 pick in that 2022 draft. Again, you're talking about a guy that was picked 47th, come off a two-way. Nothing was expected really from him this year, mm. although – Listen, he was in the mix, obviously, because you don't know on your wings, but nothing to the degree that we've seen where you know, you're know you averaging 15, 16 points here over the last couple of months of the season. Um, he's got him going in the 11 to 18 range. And again, with Gigi, 2023 draft, where did you go? 45 uh, in the second round to the Grizzlies. We know why he slipped the off-the-court stuff, things like that. But he's got his best guess redraft range on Gigi Jackson as somewhere between 6 and 17. I heard him with, with Calkins say that that 6 might be high, but he feels good about it in that range based on what we've seen now from Gigi Jackson and, more importantly, what the rest of the draft has done around him. And so I'm, I'm, what it says about the two of them, yeah. what we can all agree on, what, no matter what the range is or where you'd put them, uh, that an 11 through 18 in 2022 for Vince Williams Jr. or a 6 through 17 in 2023, last year's draft, for Gigi Jackson represents two hits. That that and, and 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 we've touched on this, but it's changed my whole outlook in terms, really, demeanor, mood, whatever the word is about this season. Because in many ways, it's made this season, which was a wash for so many reasons, but not just Ja, the injuries, Stephen Adams, everything else. It has made this season. You've you've an important one in the fact that you've pulled out very two important things that may, Brad, clean up. Yeah. help you clean up the mess that was made in terms of the misses with LaRavia, with Zaire. And again, when you're turning it forward, well, Jason, that's about next year. Well, listen, Nick, you know, you get through this season, what is it, 20-something games or whatever left. What you've got to figure out, as we discussed with Giannato, is who's going to be your starting center next year. But, but listen, bear with me and listen to me. We're going 1 through 10, okay? Ja, Bain, Smart, Jackson, and your new center. Because, Brad, I don't know if you've got a different opinion of this. I think Giannato's with me. I'd be interested to hear, hear from you if you mm. do. I'm not starting a year where I'm putting B.C. at center and Jaron next to him or B.C. at the forge. I, I, I want B.C. still in that sixth-man spot yeah. that he's been so used to and so effective. So my point, I think we're all on the same page here. That fifth guy has got to be a new center you're bringing in. Okay, one, can, can we agree that that sounds about right for Ja, Bain, Smart, Jackson, and whoever your new center is going to be, whether you've used the draft pick to get him right as a, as a rookie or you've used it to go trade for a veteran guy? That's the five, right, I as, think, as it appears right now. I think that's the five, but I, I that's the five with the caveat to your point that you're trying to make, I think, which is – it's not necessarily the pick. It's not necessarily this guy or that guy. It's multiple guys that they're throwing at it, similar to like what they've done with the draft picks to try to find some of these new wings. And then it's one of those dudes is the center on this team. It's not Brandon Clark. Ja, Bain, Smart, Jackson, new center. And here's your five through ten. B.C., Yep, he's in the rotation. That's right. Yep. Vince. Yep. We're talking about the importance of Vince this Vince is season. in the rotation. Vince, I've got it seven. 
Kennard, yeah. who we've talked about, they've got a decision to make on Kennard, and maybe they that's can, in there. Maybe they can redo his contract because they certainly need him on a lower number. But you also need him and his shooting yeah. because again, what are you 28th, 29th, and three point shooting percentage? So I've got Kennard still in here. We'll see what happens yeah. with it. That could be a, you know, moving on from Kennard might help you get that whoever that center is that's in right. terms of salary and everything else. But right now, I got BC Vince Kennard Santi. Yeah. Who I think you're, what you're going to do is just let that ride. I think there yeah. is no need to offer Santi a contract extension right now. You let him ride out that final mm-hmm. year. Sort of we discussed with Mark, sort of like you did with Xavier Tillman, and you see what he becomes. Then make the decision on Santi. But I've got him in that it, as nine, and then Gigi Jackson at ten, and then the Utahs, the you know what becomes of Zaire and Lorraine, all, all that is somewhere between eleven and fifteen. And frankly, your hope is you can replace. Zaire, Laravia, those guys. Maybe Utah's here because he picks up the team option. But back to the point. Ja, Bain, Smart, Jackson, New Center, BC, Vince, Kennard, Santi, Gigi. Yeah, Conchar's not in there, clearly. I don't have Conchar in here, but Conchar could factor into the 11 to 15. The point is, I wouldn't have to depend on him. No, that's what I'm saying. The point is, I am back, it feels like to me, as a contender next year with those 10. And the beauty of it is, Gigi, who's earned this, He's earned a rotation spot, and clearly the standard contract, you've got him in a spot where he can contribute, Mm -hmm. but you're not dependent on him in that 10-man role. Gigi ain't ready to be the seventh man in this rotation. We're not there yet. But 10, 11, that's an opportunity where if guys go down or if he earns some more run, he can go get it. But again, you... And but this is all barring health, obviously, and it's obviously also banking hard on BC coming back as the the game-changing force off the bench that he was beforehand. But it is feels so simple to me that Ja Bain, Smart, who you've invested so much in, mm-hmm. you're not moving off of Smart until maybe the trade deadline next year. Jackson, New Center, BC, Vince, Kennard, Santi, Gigi Jackson. The only thing I would add to that is that I, I really like those 10 that you just brought up. I, and I, I think like, that 10 is a, is a contender. I like the shooting off the bench with Kennard. I like your point about Vince being a 3 and D possible dude. The the only thing, if I'm throwing this against the wall, that I'm a little sketchy on, and maybe you draft this dude, is a bucket getter, you know, like a, a slash type bucket getter off the bench. That's the only one I think, and, and maybe you get that through a trade, through some of these other pieces. Um, maybe Kennard's in there, but I like Kennard off the bench with the shooting for, you know, because if you're starting Dez and you've got him in that front 10, but I, I think you got it. What, what my 10 lacks is something that Giannato pointed to. You have got to get more front court depth. You've got the new center in here. You've got Jaron Jackson, obviously, at your four. You've got BC. You've got Santi, but in that top 10, that's about it. Yep. And so I would like to have, in addition to the center, another body somewhere mm-hmm. in there where I can plug him in 11 to 15, higher if he needs to be. But you do that, – that the one problem with that 10, it feels like to me, is the fact that you, you probably need a little bit more front court depth. Yeah. But my point is that you are not far off because of what you found this season with Vince and Gigi. You're not far off from having the 8 to 10 guys. I feel like Denver did it with 8 last year to have the 8 to 10 guys that, feel, that I feel like are necessary to win a title. So this I, it's, it's a not point. a far-fetched idea to compare Memphis's situation like we've done to Denver coming off the Jamal Murray injury. They bounce back, do it with eight, to Golden State coming yep. off of the Clay and Steph injuries. They bounce back even with the two-pick that year, win the title with the two-pick doing nothing, James Wiseman. My point is that 10, that 10 can do that. They, they can put you in a position at least to do that. Now, the, the league is going to have a lot to say about that sure. with what happens in the offseason with everybody else right. in terms of the West. The West is not going to get any easier next season, but I'm just – it, I just feel super confident 
in terms of this front office now, having now hit on, on Gigi and Vince that if the mission is go out and get a starting center that to, 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 to Giannato's point, that by the time I get to the playoffs, I don't have to wonder anything about him. Right. He's plugged in there. He's out there. He's next to Jaron. He's rebounding. Dude, you could put, you could be right back to a two seed or a three seed next year, if not more. Again, that is assuming Ja has learned his lessons. It's assuming health. Lord knows you've had the health thing go the entire go the entire other way this year. So you're banking on mm-hmm. hopefully things getting a little bit better from that department next year. Just think, man, the way this yeah. At one point we were miserable. Right. We, were, we all we were talking about was was the misses that Zaire and Laravia and Roddy and they they were. And now you're cleaning up that mess. But it's not just amount of, a, a deal of you're getting them out of here and trying to find the holes. You have filled some of the holes this season because of the way it's gone with Vince and with Gigi. And so, so again, I feel great about next season. You don't so think it's Brandon starting, center. though. You don't think it's Brandon starting. I think they would be they would be foolish. The front office, number one, and I know maybe we'll see him and, and how he looks here coming back off that Achilles a little bit here at the end of the season. But you don't know what he's going to be like coming back, mm-hmm. and so. Again, and, and that goes into next year as well, I would rather have the pressure off of him and coming off the bench and in the more familiar role that he's been so successful mm-hmm. at, coming off the bench. Again, you're going to see a lot of Brandon and Jaron just like you did before he got hurt, and in that series against Minnesota, there'll be plenty of opportunity to play the both of them, but I'm keeping him in that sixth-man role. It makes you stronger. I'm kind of looking through some of these free agent NBA big-time centers that could be available this summer. And I'm trying to envision who that person is. Is it Christian Wood? The ones that are going to be free agents in the off season. Yeah, I don't. Who, I don't is, what I does don't that want, look like? I don't is it want Jonas? Wood. I don't know. Uh, some names have been. Is it a Jonas Valanciunas? Have been as simple as bringing a Jonas back. Do you look at it? Kick the tires on an Andre Drummond Mo just because Wagner? he's still a rebounding machine. Uh, I don't know about Wagner's in terms of money and how that would work. But or or would you know Orlando he's making eight come, mil this year? Eight million. Mm-hmm. That's his current salary. Um, I'm not. As far as John is on this, that you can basically stick in any pedestrian oh, center in that spot. Sorry. Yeah, he's got a team option, Mo. Sorry, didn't mean. Go ahead. Yeah, I think John. Last we talked about this, he's of the thing that you can pretty much put anything that can rebound and set screens in that spot. I'm not. I'm. I want an upgrade of that. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I need something a little better. Again, I'm not banking on there. You, you need pay, something. You can't pay a DeAndre Ayton. You can't bring yeah. him in here with what you're trying to do from a, right. a a roster standpoint financially. But you know. Nick right. Claxton or somebody Claxton like is that. Number we one for Brooklyn. Him. He's a walking yeah. double yeah. double. His deal yeah. looks like he's he doesn't have a, a t- Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.